Hi, it's Tony and Jenny Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online. Every week, we work hard at giving you the best real ghost stories we can find for free through the podcast. But producing and maintaining the show isn't so free for us. And that's why we're asking for your support. If you like the show, please become an EPP. That's an extra podcast person through the button at realghoststoriesonline.com. As an EPP, you'll get an additional bonus exclusive episode of the show to enjoy every weekend. Plus, you'll have access to our exclusive EPP video content and backlog of exclusive EPP bonus episodes as well. It's only five bucks a month for all these extras. And your support helps to keep our daily free version of the show alive and on the air. Become an EPP now at realghoststoriesonline.com. Please and thank you. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Today a listener shares their tale of a neighbor's haunted house. But is the house haunted by more than the neighbor realizes? The odds of winning the lottery are very low unless you have a ghost giving you the winning numbers. Children have a difficult time keeping their rooms clean, especially if a little ghost doesn't put his toys away. Surprised uh, Olivia hasn't used that excuse yet. Give it time, she will. It's a ghost! A boy and his mother move in with a disabled lady to help her out, but what they don't realize is there are already others the home as well. Those stories, your calls, and more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. How are you? Ill? I'm ill, yes. Scurvy-ridden? Yeah, that's what it is. You gotta eat more vegetables. People are gonna think I really have scurvy. (laughs) (laughs) It's going around. No, it's just a cold. Scurvy's a vegetable deficiency, right? It's a deficiency, well, not vegetables, but uh, vitamins, right? I think so, because to not get it on Oregon Trail, you had to eat veggies. Yeah, and I think pirates got it a lot, too. Okay. Which would make sense, because you're out there in the oceans, veggies, not necessarily a readily available thing, so. Okay. Arr, scurvy. (laughs) I always think of pirates saying the word scurvy. Just, it seems to fit. Uh-huh. Or Michael Bolton saying it on the a boat. <laughs> yeah. A couple of people got that joke. Yeah. <laughs> the other day, uh, I was... Uh, well, actually, it was more than the other day. This was a, around Halloween. Uh, a couple of weeks before Halloween, when I took uh, a squirt number one to the, the haunted house, and we had to leave early, uh-huh. we went over to, uh, to, to the drive-in to get uh, some ice cream and stuff. And there were some high school kids there in their car with their windows open, and they were blasting the Michael Bolton Pirates of the Caribbean song. That's awesome. And I like, they're right next to us. I'm like, that's awesome. Yes. Like, you're really cool. That's uh, that's. And I was serious. I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> I love that. That was the funniest SNL bit I'd seen in forever. And it, it totally made a generation who was unaware of how Michael Bolton, how cool Michael Bolton used to be uh-huh. to a, a lot of people. Uh, it made him kind of cool again for a little while, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, it, remember like when he had like the, uh, like the he had like primetime specials. Oh, he did. Yeah, like I mean, it wasn't necessarily he was like cool to like I think a youth crowd, but to women eighteen thirty four, 
uh, in the 90s, he was like a major sex symbol. Now he's kind of like, oh, he's a guy that uh, Mazda ad or whatever the hell well, he was. <laughs> we went down to one of the casinos in Oklahoma and yeah. saw him. He, put on, he puts on a good show. Yeah. He's a... Yeah. All the women our mom's age were up there. Exactly. Wanting to throw their panties at him. Exactly. And then, uh, <laughs> It was entertaining. Uh, 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call in to Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story with us. Uh, Let's go to one of the letters first off today. Charlie writes in, Hi, Tony and Jenny. I've written it a couple of times before. My story reminded you of the Annabelle story in a way because I had seen a little girl named Lily in her lily. And I thought I would write in again with another one of my stories. Now, the story that I'm about to tell you uh, all deals with my neighbor's house. Not going to name names or anything for their privacy unless they listen to this and decide to call in or uh, uh, saying that uh, the story is about them. Anyways, my neighbor has told me about how she has seen the spirits of two young children, a boy and a girl between the ages of six and eight years old. At first, I didn't believe it myself. I'm the type of person that remains a skeptic until I see it for myself. Sometime earlier this year, at about the end of spring and the beginning of summer, I was over at my neighbor's and had felt the presence of the two children. What I felt wasn't like being in the presence of children, but I can clearly, uh, but I can't really explain what I had felt. I also had seen the presence of a man, and I mean uh, a full-on man where I can see his features. Where I saw him, he was looking through the upstairs window, and I was able to see him through my bedroom window. Now, this particular man that I had seen was, from what I can tell, was in his 60s uh, or his 70s and was a cigar smoker and a drinker. I could tell that... This man does not like women at all, seeing that he had looked right at me with a scowl on his face. I had told my neighbor about this man over a Facebook message. She had gone upstairs and felt like she was not welcome upstairs. She's thinking that whoever I had seen in her upstairs window might have followed her home from her father's new house. The house that her father had recently bought, a man had been murdered by his wife because he was an abusive drunk. Another thing that my neighbor had told me was that there's quite possibly a demon attached to her 12-year-old son. She told me that he had been dragged out of bed and smacked around. He'd even told me this experience as well and how he had a handprint on his face for a good 20 minutes after it happened to him. My neighbor had a paranormal investigator come in last year or the year before and my neighbors told the investigators about this attachment. From what she told me, the investigators told her that if there were any attempts to get rid of this attachment to her son, they would either not leave or reattach itself to her son and possibly do more harm than it had already done. Well, I guess that's all I have to tell you for now. I have more experiences, but we'll save those for another time. Thank you again for sharing my other story as well as this one. And thank you for keeping this podcast going, Charlie. I think it's interesting. I mean, it sounds like the description of the ghost she saw in the window fits possibly the man who was killed in her dad's new house. Mm -hmm. But if he didn't like women, I wonder why he would follow her home just to mess with her or. I suppose if you're a vindictive, you know, evil person uh, as a ghost uh, and you kind of seek out, you know, conflict in Mm -hmm. life, uh, you probably continue to seek it out in death. Okay. 
That'd be my thoughts. Yeah. So, uh, and if the options are not there to torment other ghosts, I suppose whatever you can torment or whoever you can torment is who you're going to follow around, especially if they're vulnerable to it or if, you know, for whatever reason, uh, you know, they can see you or, you know, you know, they know that you're present and maybe others can't so much. You know, that's my thoughts. Yeah, I could see that. So... Either way, it's kind of a scary situation, especially with a kid where the investigator's like, well, it's going to get worse, and which is probably true if it's something dark, but uh, there are ways of getting rid of those things. Unfortunately, there's no real clear-cut way of getting rid of those things. Until you purchase Ghost Away, new from Ronco. I thought it was Demon Away. <laughs> oh, it is Demon Away. Damn it. Ghost Away is the generic. That's the Kroger brand. I was going to say, that's the Walmart brand. (laughs) That's exactly what that is. Uh, 855-853-4802 is the phone number to call into Real Ghost Stories Online. Hey, if you haven't subscribed to the show yet, please press the subscribe button. You get our uh, daily show that we put out here Monday through Friday sent directly to you. YouTube, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, whatever it is you're listening to us on, press subscribe to make sure that you do not miss any episodes of our show. And plus, it helps us uh, grow up in those uh, rankings as well. So that gets more listeners more ghost stories it works out better for everyone that way 855-853-4802 number you can call it 24 hours a day seven days a week and share your real ghost story with us hi tony and jenny i'm calling in response to the latest epp uh, number 11 episode in which one of the callers came in with some references to a haunted base and you had wondered if any of the you hadn't heard many military base stories and i thought you might like to hear the ones that I'm aware of from the Air Force Base Effie Warren Air Force Base out in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Um, my husband was in the Air Force a number of years ago, and I've always had a fascination with ghosts. So I had a friend at work who happened to live in one of the old brick officer homes, and the, this base dates back originally to the Calvary days in the 1800s and they have these big gorgeous homes and she happened to live in one of them and her husband was a commander and she told me how generally in the winter this would occur she would be in the house and it'd be quiet she'd be by herself and she would hear the upstairs door slam in the hallway somewhere and then somebody run down the hallway and this would happen regularly enough to where she would tell her husband we have a ghost there's a ghost in our house and he absolutely refused to believe her and until one day they were both home and they were downstairs and they're both reading quietly and sure enough boom the door slams and she said the footsteps raced down the hallway and her husband turned to her and said did you hear that and she said yes that is what I've been telling you that is the ghost and so that's as far as her story went but she did continue to tell me um, that her neighbor had had an experience in her home she lived in one of the officer brick homes too and that at least for two years in a row her family had woken up to come downstairs and she found that all her 
dishware for um, formal dishware was set out on their dining room table, glasses, forks, knives, plates, and everything on the same date two years in a row. Now, my friend was never able to attribute these events to any, or her neighbor didn't attribute this date to anything that they were aware of. And um, other than that, that's where those two stories end. And there's a third story that relates to these officer brick houses. Um, A friend that worked with my husband, his wife and another, an officer's wife worked together at the same bank. And her husband had invited them to come over to dinner at this brick home. And somehow they got on the subject of maybe, I don't know, ghost stories. And the, the husband, who lived in this house, explained how on two separate occasions, he had gone to the basement, opened the door, and found that the basement had changed. It was like a time slip in which there were lanterns lit. Um, There were men in uniform standing around a table. And at the base of the steps, there was a guard. And at least on this one occasion, the guard spoke to him and said, sir, you are not authorized to be here. And respecting that, he shut the door. And then he opened the door and everything was back to normal. And he had, he had told our friend that they had seen that, he had seen that occurrence at least twice. And the interesting thing about that house was that the officer claimed the there was a table in the basement that dated back to the 1800s that was supposedly a war planning table. So um, that's my story. And there are lots of stories attached to this base. Um, there's a book written about them. And also my husband worked in the missile fields and there's a lot of stories there, but um, I'll have to save them for another time. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for calling and sharing in your story. It reminded me of the Unsolved Mysteries uh, episode where they, uh, uh, they get out of the elevator and uh, it's, it's back in time. I bet it has everything to do with that table. I bet it does, too. I mean, uh, the things that were plotted out there, I mean, the energy that is just surrounding that. Can't you imagine a ghost saying, you're not authorized to be in part of your house? <laughs> it's like, you're right. I'm getting the hell out of here. <laughs> do you think that uh, the uh, material that a building is made out of affects the probability or maybe the ease of a haunting? Absolutely. Like brick versus just wood yeah and the reason i say that is because a lot of limestone buildings Mm -hmm. or linen stone buildings have a lot of hauntings and they say it's because the material is so porous it absorbs the energy yeah i've heard that about limestone Mm -hmm. so that's that's interesting so i would think so i think that that would make sense and and two with something like brick brick's going to be kind of porous too and it it stays around for a long time so it's going to be you know, it's going to have seen probably the original days when those soldiers would have been there mm-hmm. all the way to now, even though it's yeah. the table that probably is the haunting. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I, I do. I, I think it has a lot to do. I mean, certainly a building that's not brick or limestone can be haunted. But 
Uh, I agree. I because you hear that so much with the limestone, and, and, and limestone is used as a conductor of energy and other things, other than you know ghosts. So it would make total sense, almost like how water and bathrooms seem to be an attractant. I would think that it just is kind of this, you know, fortress of what can you know hold those that energy longer than you know wood and plaster. So that's my thoughts there. Hey, somebody wrote in the twelve days of Brewski Christmas on YouTube for us. <laughs> <laughs> It hurts to laugh, but I'm going to laugh so hard. I'm going to, uh, to just read the 12, the, so you can, I'm not going to go through, you know, it verse by verse by verse. But okay, I appreciate go. that. You'd like me to sing it or just read no, it? No, just read it, please. Uh, 12 days of brisking Christmas. Uh, 12 Ouija boards, 11 ghosts in boxes, 10, I can't read this without saying doing it, at least kind of in the... 12 Ouija boards, 11 ghosts in boxes, 10 pudding poltergeist, 9 exorcisms, 8 haunted graveyards, 7 doppelgangers, 6 interviews, 7 or 5 EVPs, 4 night terrors, 3 shadow people, 2 sensitives, and a spooky ghost story. That's awesome. There you go. Thank you so much for that. Tia Rose Mayfair wrote that in on YouTube. That's awesome. And uh, I was just kind of scanning that while we were listening to the callers, and I saw that and thought, well, that's festive. I think we have the most creative listeners out there. We do. I want to find a karaoke version of the 12 Days of Christmas and sing that and then play it back on the show. <laughs> Why don't you make that a special bonus thing that people can buy if they want to hear that? Because no one will buy it. There you go. <laughs> what are you saying? I'm saying please don't subject them to that. Ah, <laughs> uh, 855-853-4802 is her number. Rachel writes in, Hi there, Tony. Just discovered your show in time for Halloween and thought I'd share one of my ghostly experiences. Like most of your listeners, I've had a few fair paranormal experiences in my time. Uh, but today, I've chosen to share this one because usually it's not so much of a scary story as one that supports the evidence for life beyond the grave. This isn't really... A scary ghost story, more of a freaky one, I have to admit. I'd be pretty skeptical of it if it hadn't, if I hadn't been there at the time. When I was in college, I used to work in a little convenience store. One day, my co- uh, colleague came in from her shift looking a little shaken. I asked her what was the matter, and she said she needed to buy a lottery ticket. Have you ever had that feeling that you'd need to buy a lottery ticket, and the numbers just kind of appeared in your head? No, I have, although I've never won. Well, my colleague had been driving to work, and suddenly she felt a presence in the back of her car. Tentatively, she looked in the rearview mirror, but there was nobody there. Suddenly, she got the impression that her father was with her. He had passed a year or so ago, and they were very close. She said that at that moment, she could sense his presence very strongly, and she heard his voice saying a string of numbers before fading away. I thought... This was odd, and if I'm honest, I was more than a little skeptical, but I kept my thoughts to myself and sold her a ticket with the numbers her father had given her. That night's draw came and went. My friend's ticket didn't win a penny. But don't worry, that's not the end of the story. A few days later, I was working with the same colleague when the next lottery draw was taking place. She hadn't bought a ticket this time, but we printed off several copies of the winning numbers to give to our customers for reference. Imagine our surprise when the winning number, yes, you guessed it, was identical to the ones my friend had just played just days earlier on the advice of her father's ghost. We looked at each other, stunned for a moment, and then she smiled and cried happily. 
I guessed that for her, knowing that her father was still watching over her was worth more than any money she could have won. Even so, I know that I would want my dad to be a little more accurate should he visit me with ghostly lottery numbers in the future. Well, that's my story. I know it sounds kind of silly, but I swear it's the truth. It's one of the uh, uncanniest things I've ever seen evidenced. Thank you for taking the time to read my letter, and thank you for making such a wonderful, creepy show. Spookily yours, Rachel, in Hereford, UK. I just, I I would be so mad <laughs> to get the numbers and they'd be right, but just on the wrong day. The wrong day. That's interesting. I mean, that, that there you go. That's another one where it implies that the undead can uh, look a little bit into the future, if indeed that was her dad that was giving the numbers. Right. So... That's that's interesting. Do you think it was the dad? I'm thinking so since she, you know, she felt like it was him. Mm-hmm. It'd be different if something was, uh, you know, appeared that presented itself as him, but she couldn't feel that it was him. Sure, like the, the presence was just off. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'd be very angry. Very much so. I wonder if it was like a, was it the big, I wonder how much of a lottery it was, if it was like the big, big one, if he was like picking like the big one, or if it was just like the, you know, $500 lottery or whatever the case may be. You know, 855-853-4802. Hi. Hi, my name is Kate. Um, This happened when I was about 13 years old. I was very close to my grandmother. She had raised me as her own. It was just me and her up until the day she died. We lived far out in the country, no neighbors for miles, just me and her. Well, it was about two or three weeks after she had died. I was, um, I got real tired in the afternoon, like 11, 30, 12 o'clock in the morning, daytime, whatever, which was unusual. I took a nap. As I'm dreaming, I'm having this dream that's going through all parts of my life, like all my memories. And throughout the dream, I keep hearing this voice and it's, you know, different things like your grandma's on her way, your grandma's coming to get you, your grandma's almost here throughout the whole dream. Well, as this, as I'm dreaming, my dad knocked on my door, I didn't answer, pounding on my door, him, he gets my brother, they kick in the door, I'm still asleep dreaming, you know, grandma's on her way. Well towards the end of the dream the whole time my dad and brother are trying to wake me up but at the end of the dream I'm sitting in a dark room can't see anything I couldn't listen but somebody got right up next to my ear and they said your grandma's not coming to get you right now and boom I woke up when I woke up my dad and my brother were there I brought my dad said my brother was giving me CPR so he slapped me around a little I wasn't breathing you know, he, he couldn't feel a pulse, all of this, as I'm ha- having this freaky dream. And I don't know if this is any significance, but where me and my grandmother lived, it was extremely terrifying. Shadow people all the time, always felt like I was being watched. Every day, almost, I would be upstairs in the computer room. I'd hear footsteps coming up the basement steps up the living room, I'd lock the door, peek under, and you'd see somebody walk by, go straight into my grandma's room, but never come back out. Just really weird stuff would happen there. I actually um, took a Ouija board about six months before my grandmother died, 
I had a friend over, my friend Timothy, and we made a Ouija board out of notebook paper. And I honestly can't tell you if it said anything or not, because I really just, I just thought it was all crap. But after um, we, we had the candle lit and after we were done, he said we needed to go out to the barn. So we go out, I close the door behind me, follow him out to the barn. He drew a pentagram in the dirt and he said something. I don't know if it was backwards Latin, but it wasn't English. And he was like, okay, we can go back inside. When we went to go back inside, the door to my room where we had played the Ouija board was broke. Like the screws were all the way unscrewed, barely hanging out. Go inside. I go to blow out the candle. And it's one of those, you know, big Yankee candles. And as I, um, the flame won't go out. The glass caves in. The flame was like the blue color got huge. I thought the whole house was going to burn down. We could not get this candle to go out. It seemed like forever. The flame was bigger than me. I mean, it was just, it was crazy. When we did get the fire, the candle out, nothing caught on fire, but it was very smoky. And this was in the one bedroom downstairs. And that bedroom had just became you know, my bedroom. Before that, it was nothing. Nothing since I was a baby. My crib was still set up from when I was a baby, but that was um, that was it. And I remember when I was about five or six, I got up in the middle of the night, crawled out of my grandma's bed and said, I'm going to go sleep in my crib tonight. As soon as I climbed in that crib and my dog was sitting in the doorway looking at me, but I climbed in the crib, closed my eyes, and I felt some kick underneath of it so hard just kick 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 I jumped about five feet from the crib ran upstairs in a few steps didn't go back in that room for a long time there was just all kinds of weird stuff that happened there especially that one room seemed to be centered around most of it and um yeah a lot of my family had died at that place right before I was born my grandma had four kids my mom was the only one that lived to adulthood um, her husband and her three sons all got killed in freak accidents at the house. But I don't, I think it was much more than that. I don't think it was a friendly ghost. I think it was, I think something evil was there. But thank you. I hope this makes it to the show. Psychologically impacted property much? Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, I think there's something going on there. I mean, it's hard to know if the the deaths were all, you know, connected, but... When you have that much evil going on in the house, or some you know dark dark events going on, you have to certainly wonder. Well, I want to know if they were able to attribute her not waking up from the nap to. I mean, if if anybody looked at her afterwards to see what you know what went on, or if it was explainable, yeah. or it's if- not normal to stop breathing. In a dream, is it? I mean, unless you actually have like a sleep condition. Right. You know, if it's like a freak thing, I don't. Right. I would and think that's very. To be so exhausted, you know, right before to take the nap. I wonder if sure. if that was paranormal or if there was something going on with her. Have you ever had dreams where you feel like you're, you're drowning or you can't breathe and then you wake up and you're like kind of out of breath? I haven't, but I probably will tonight. <laughs> 
I've had that before. I mean, not recently, but uh, then it, it makes me wonder then, like, what state I was actually in when I was having that part of the dream. Was I also not breathing correctly as I was having that experience? You know, it, it's like where you, uh, if, if you're cold physically, you're a cold because you have your blankets off or something, and it's a cold night. Um, and then in your dream, you feel like you're really cold and you wake up. Oh, no wonder I was dreaming I was outside naked. It was because, you know, the blankets are off me or, or overly hot or whatever. Okay. Um, when you have the experience of the, the non-breathing, you know, I wonder what that's like. Or what about pain? Do you ever experience pain in dreams? Like physical pain? Not that I can remember. No? No. That, that's another curious one to me, too, because I've had... I've been shot in dreams. I've been stabbed in dreams. I've had all sorts of horrible things happen to me. And I can physically feel it in the dream. And it hurts. Then I wake up, done, you know. See, I've had, I had a dream one time that, that I was attacked. And I just remember from the dream feeling like, well, this really doesn't hurt. But I mean, I was bleeding out. I was about to yeah. die. Mm -hmm. And I just remember it, it didn't seem like it hurt. No. And I was surprised by that. Yeah, it was weird. I had a dream that that I was attacked over at the college. Uh -huh. And yeah, it was weird. Sure. I, uh, I'll feel being stabbed or shot in my dreams, but you know what? I can't taste food to save my life. <laughs> That's so ironic. <laughs> which sucks. <laughs> you know, I don't know why, you know, you, you would, or I feel the, the physical pain, but when you eat food, did you ever have any reference point on this you ever eat food in your dreams i don't remember eating in my dreams that's no. what i hate because like sometimes i'll like be dreaming i'm at a really nice restaurant i'm like oh great i get to try this or that and your food gets there and it's like when you have a cold and you can't taste your food that's what it tastes like in the dream nothing at all like why couldn't that part you yeah. know be there if i'm gonna feel the stab wounds i can at least you know, taste a mcchicken you know what the hell I don't know. It's just how my mind works. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Ariel writes in, Hey, Tony and Jenny, just wanted to tell you a story about my childhood home. One of the creepiest experiences I had in that house. A little backstory. My parents bought the house in 2001. I was about 11 years old with two younger brothers. The house was built in the 1950s and used to be a cabin. The day we moved into that house, my dad was deciding where our rooms were going to be. One of the rooms was empty except for the long, except for the ring of leaves in the middle. This room was the only one that had bars on the windows and they were all nailed shut. So, of course, my dad, being evil, decided, this is your room. A couple months went by and the usual old creaks that were in no way paranormal, or at least seemed paranormal, knowing how old the house was. But one morning, I woke up and noticed all my Beanie Babies were all on the ground. My dad had made me a Beanie Baby tree, and they would all sit inside the tree. Didn't think anything of it. Just thought maybe it was one of my brothers had been playing with them, and they never put them back. I picked them all up, put them back in their spots, but then the next morning, they would all be on the ground again. I asked my brothers if they were the ones playing with them, and they said, no. So once again, I picked them all up and put them back in their spots. This would happen every morning, and my dad would actually yell at me for not putting them up. One night, I woke up in the middle of the night and looked towards my tree, and there was a boy who I thought was my little brother trying to climb my tree. 
He yelled at my brother, What are you doing? And as soon as I said that, it ran out of the room and down the stairs. I get up, still convinced it's my little brother, and follow it down the stairs from the bottom of the stairs. It ran into the kitchen and out the doorway in the living room. Again, I follow it. From the doorway, I watch it go around the middle couch and go down the hallway leading to my parents' room. I ran down the hallway, went into my parents' room. They were still up, and I asked if my brother had come in here. They said no. I, they told me to go back to bed, so I did. The next morning, my parents were questioning about what happened last night, and I told them they were surprised but a little creeped out as well. Again, months went by, and I never had any other problems with my beanie babies being out of place. One day, our neighbors came over, and they were talking to my parents about the history of our house. They told us that the family who built the house had a little girl who did not get along with her new stepmother. They would tell her father how much she hated her stepmother and tell him that she would beat her. One day, she must have had enough and hung herself in my room. Eventually, the big California wildfires came in 2003 and ultimately burned the house down. I'm still not sure if there's any truth to that story. It was told to us, but the experiences I had in that house were truly creepy. Love you guys and love your show. I hate the neighbors like that. They're all like, hey, guess what happened in your house? <laughs> what kind of sadistic idiot does that shit? I would be that neighbor. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, if it's something horrible. I mean, shouldn't, wouldn't you tell your neighbor if you knew something horrific like that happened in the house that they were living in? Not if they were happily living their life and nothing was going on. If they started having weird things go on, I might let them know there might be a reason for that. Mm-hmm. But why put that thought in their head and make them not like where they live because of... Hey, neighbor. Hey, I just feel the need to share what I know because yeah. I'm that person. Yeah, but it's a pretty big thing. I still, unless they said they were having experiences, I would sure. still just let it go. You know, I probably wouldn't bring it up because I would almost assume that they would already have knowledge of this. Uh-huh. If they if they bought the house, I would think that, well, they probably know I... You know, I Unless it was brought up in conversation, you know, like, you know, the former family that was there and they were talking about it. And then I would, you know, I would bring it up because it's part of the conversation of the former, you know, chron- you know, chronology of the house and the people who lived there. Yeah. But I don't think it's just like over the fence. Hey, by the way, a girl died in that uh, room. You know, be like bad news, Wilson. I, w- I would just kind of yeah, exactly <laughs> I just kind of assume that it was already common knowledge or at least would hope it would be. I don't know. I don't feel the need to spread sunshine like that. I just don't. <laughs> Even better, just go to neighbors and tell them stories that aren't true. <laughs> See, that makes you not any better than that character on the Fargo TV show. Which one? Remember, Remember the Billy Bob Thornton character where he goes to the house and he's like, yeah, a whole bunch of people got killed in your house. Let me know if things happen at night. Okay, kids. Have a good one. Bye-bye. He did that. In he the, did. That was hilarious. That was a great show. I hope season two comes back. Uh, 855-853-4802. That's the phone number to call us here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story with us. Let's get another caller. Hi. Hello. Um, this is Natalie again. I had written to you guys maybe a few days ago about my grandmother and my brother's friend. Uh, I'd like to share another story about my experience. Uh, my birthday is on July 5th. Not just a random thing. 
this just happened to happen around my birthday in 2013. A few months before July, my grandmother from my mom's side had a stroke three times in a row within a four-month span. She fully recovered from all three strokes. Uh, the fourth one, however, was a little more stronger, which came with complications. At this time, we were all concerned for her, praying she survived. My grandma is a fighter. She loves life way too much. While all this is going on, my aunt's mom is going through something herself. She was taken to the hospital for an emergency surgery, and the operation was successful. I later found out she became very ill for a reason still unknown to me at this time. I always pray for those who are in need. I have a little perching, just my husband and I, and we prayed for my grandma's health and for the health of my aunt's mom. I rarely came in contact with my aunt's mom. I saw her maybe a handful of times growing up. July 5th, 2013, I awake. I'm a little sentimental, not because it's my birthday and I'm getting old, but because I felt this urge to pray. I pray to God that if it was his will to let her go and rid of her pain and suffering, she could go. I had two people I knew that were ill, but before I, but before I could um, think about it, I thought about um, my aunt's mom. Um, July 6th, I awoke right away after the dream, and I... Excuse me. And uh, my aunt's mom came to me and told me to tell her daughters that she was proud of them and to just let her go. And she forgave everyone that, um, everyone in her family. I awoke at 6 o'clock in the morning. I woke up with a migraine, which is rare for that to happen. I've had migraines since I was 10, and I never once experienced a migraine when I first wake up. I right away start praying, God, if it's your will, please let her find peace so she can no longer fight for her life. Let her know she can let go. I took medicine for my migraine and took a nap. My headache wouldn't go away. I took a shower and tried to relax, nothing. 12 p.m., my mom texts me, your aunt died today at 7 a.m. I was in shock. I called her and asked her what had happened. Long story short, she went for in for the operation. Operation was successful, but the nurses neglected to shower her within the two weeks that she was there for recovery. My aunt was tired of it because she could smell her mom's odor. She was a big woman. My aunt was scrubbing her folds and noticed gangrene in there. It was something horrible that got infected, which caused her death. I was in disbelief. I told my mom about the dream, and she advised me to tell my aunt. I didn't know how, though. On July 7th, again, I awoke with a migraine, still thinking about what my aunt's mom said in my dream. I go to my aunt's house to pay my respects. My head, it won't go away. I see her crying, and I don't know how to bring it up. I go by a picture of my aunt's mom, and I started to feel lightheaded. As soon as the prayer circle ends, I leave the house immediately. I feel the pressure of my aunt's mom asking me to relay the message, but I couldn't. My logic is, how do you tell a loved one that their parent who just passed away a few days ago, um, that you dreamt something like that? For me, it's weird. <laughs> this whole spirit thing is new to me. So it was a bit hard for me to say anything. Uh, days pass, months pass. Again, her mom comes to me in a dream telling me to tell them 
what has happened. Uh, this goes on for months, for months telling me to relay the message and I didn't know how. Um, and all those times I have those dreams, I would wake up with migraines. Um, I didn't know at the time, but a whole year passed by that she had passed. July 5th, 2014, I dreamt again about her mom. And um, my my logic still is that um, how do you tell a loved one about their dead family member, especially a parent? Uh, my aunt texted me that if well she can text well she texted me if um, to tell me happy birthday because it was on my birthday that she had texted me and I texted her right away thank you and that if I could see her because I really needed to talk to her and I um, met her that Saturday Saturday I let her know what, what was going on um, and at that time I realized it was a year that um, her mom had passed away and within that time frame she came to me in that dream and she let me know that to relay the message um, my aunt later told me that um, her mom was really stubborn like that and she would bug you until you do whatever she says to do and that's what her mom did she bugged me until I relayed the message and I never ever dreamt about her ever again and my aunt needed that. She needed to hear that her mom was okay and that she forgave everybody for whatever um, whatever reasons they they had to be forgiven for. And um, I've come to terms with what now with my gift that I have. And um, I'm, I'm just thankful that I was able to relay a message that I was had a really hard time trouble um, to to even talk about my grandma by the way is still alive and she just loves going out she doesn't care if she's sick she just likes going out regardless of doctor's orders okay thank you sorry I paused a lot how uh, how frustrating do you think it would be to be the ghost that's trying to uh, get a message across and you pick the person to relay the message and the person doesn't relay the message. Well, that's why you keep coming back. <laughs> and you just keep doing it until it happens. Uh, you know, I wonder if, if you're, you're trying to pick the person to relay the message, if you, if you actually get a choice of people, if you can choose, or if you're like, oh, this is a person who's got to relay your message. And then you sit there. <laughs> no! I'm going to give you migraines every day <laughs> until you relay this message. I be this is where the I would be totally the pudding poltergeist. I'd be like flipping food around. I'd be doing all sorts of shit. Like get the I'd be like writing it in the wall in ketchup. I could see you doing that. <laughs> I could see you doing that without even being dead. I do do that sometimes. I like to write messages in ketchup in the walls. Then <laughs> I blame the girls. <laughs> <sighs> 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call into Real Ghost Stories Online. Chad writes in, Hi, Tony and Jim. My name's Chad. I'm 33. I'm from a small eastern town in Ohio, just south of Steubenville. I'm uh, so glad I found your podcast. been listening for a few months now, and I'm realizing just how large the paranormally affected community is. I may not be paranormally affected as a level in comparison with some, but 
I have definitely been paranormally minded ever since I was around 10 years of age. There are two accounts that introduced me to the supernatural that I have included in this message. When I was a child, my mother cleaned for a few different elderly people to help pay the bills, and she decided that we would move in with a woman who had muscular dystrophy in such a way that she was permanently bent over. Her name was Jackie. She was a very tall and unhealthily skinny woman, though she walked around bent over at a near 80-degree angle. I believe she had to sleep in a special bed that folded to the angle, if I'm remembering correctly. Not to be disrespectful, but this was already odd to me as a child of 10 years old, and a little uncomfortable because Jackie had little tolerance for children and wasn't a very nice person in general. She had long extremities, including long skinny fingers, and I don't have much to do with Jackie. I, I didn't have much to do with Jackie, as my mother tried to keep me in the upstairs of the house where she and I lived. Though mom didn't have to coax me too much, as Jackie scared me enough to want more. It was this small, uh, this small Stubbornville, Ohio town where I had my first two encounters with the paranormal. I never had any experiences of the downstairs of the house, only upstairs. I remember that Jackie had a problem with us decorating for Halloween, so we only decorated where she couldn't see. This made me think that she was aware of the presence in the house. I can't remember ever feeling anything negative in that house before my experiences, besides the fact that my room happened to have attic access, which we never used, and I don't think ever entered once uh, in our house, once in our short stay. I kept some of my toys on the steps to the attic, so I had many a chance to look up to its door and wonder what was behind it, but never grew the courage to even walk up the steps, let alone turn the knob. This first encounter was in the form of a dream, which was manifested instantly when I awoke. I was in our upstairs living space in the house in my mother's room. There was a shadow on the wall of what I perceived to be a tall woman in a wide-brim hat in a different era. It was only the silhouette of a person, and it kept reaching for my mother. I jumped and was trying to protect her. In the process, I accidentally backhanded my mom, making her nose bleed. As far as I can remember, that was when I woke up to my mother calling me from her room to get ready for school. She said to me, Honey, you're going to have to help me out today. I have a nosebleed and I'm having a hard time getting it stopped. To which I replied, Mom, did I do that? And after I told her my dream, she laughed and told me she didn't remember being attacked by me in her sleep. To my knowledge, I've never been one to sleepwalk. I've always been a heavy sleeper. I was shocked. It was the one thing to have to the dream, but for it to have manifested its results in the real world was absolutely unreal to me. This was the first dream of several I have that I've had in my life that followed me back into the conscious world. Here's a second and last account that I had in this house. One evening, I was particularly hyper. My mom and I were watching television in our small living area upstairs, which was directly across from her bedroom. I suddenly got up and started running around. I don't remember why. I was running from room to room and ended up in my mother's room where the lights were off. My mother had a dresser with an attached mirror just as you walk in the door to the right. I stopped dead in front of the mirror when I realized that where I should have seen myself, there was something else. I didn't look at it head on because I realized right away, even without the corner of my eye that it was not me. 
I had clothes on, and whatever thing was there, it was my size, but a solid bright red tone all over. From what I perceived, I had seen a demon in the mirror. To say the least, I was shaken. I don't remember telling my mother right away, or even on the same day. My hyperactivity instantly died, and I went back into the living room and sat down and continued to watch the show as if nothing had happened. I'm not certain if the entity in the house had affected me, or maybe hyper because it wanted me to see that, or if it was just all by chance. But what happened... But it happened, and I have never forgotten it. This event is still very vivid in my mind, as if it had happened yesterday. I brought it up in a Pentecostal church pastored by my uncle, and I was actually anointed with oil for protection, I suppose. I remember bawling my eyes out while I was in the front of the church, and even on the way out the door, because I was still terrified of what was in the mirror. I felt as if it stole a piece of me. Recently, I've had the thought that if I went back to that house and looked in the mirror, perhaps I wouldn't see the entity. But a little boy who looks just like I did at 10 years of age. Scary thought. Now for the kicker. My mother had told me that Jackie's daughter, Tony, had told her before we moved in that there were spirits in the house. A fact that I wasn't told until years after we had moved to another residence. Though I don't need to be told it made sure that I knew it was there I'm not sure if it ever made itself known to my mother if it did she had never made reference to it I don't think we were there for even a year before we moved as far as the house goes I know it was built in 1926 but I currently have no other information besides the fact that it was sold in 2005 for a very low price of $25,000 The location isn't the best these days, but $25,000 is quite a steal if you don't mind living in a haunted house. I have more stories, including subsequent manifesting dreams, but I'll leave those for another time. Thanks so much for your dedication to your podcast and to your listeners. I look forward to your shows, your input, and continued accounts of other listener experiences. Blessings, Chad. How much or how little would you pay for a haunted house? They can go for pretty cheap these days. They sure can. Uh, Zach Bagans, is that the last name of the guy on uh, the haunted yeah. uh, ghost? Yeah, Ghost Adventures. Yeah. He bought that one house in, is it Ohio? No, it's Indiana. Indiana, yeah. Uh, for like thirty-five grand, I believe. Yeah. And the latest on that that I read the other day was that he had to stop production on this documentary he's making for the safety of the people making the documentary now take that for what it is right i'm not gonna uh, you know okay i'm gonna speculate either way um and i'm not gonna say what i think because honestly i don't know what i think say what you think why not i honestly don't know i mean because i could see with the amount of weird shit that happened in the house that was documented before that zach even got involved in this thing yeah it could be a very active property where i I could legitimately see this being the case where they did have to shut things down because it was getting stirred up. So had the all the other documentation not happened, had he just bought a random haunted house that nobody knew shit about or just there were some stories about and he was saying, I'm stopping production for safety, I would call bullshit. But because of the story with this house and the documentation of it from real officials, not just so-and-so said they saw a ghost, 
there's a, more, a little more validity to it. I could totally see it being a stunt to get attention for the documentary. Yes, I could totally see that. But with the documentation there, I don't know. I really don't know. Okay, I completely believe the house is haunted, but I do not put it past him to just say, oh, you know, for his personal gain to drive up interest in the property that it's haunted. Because how many different properties has he gone to and all the different things he's done with Ghost Adventures? Mm -hmm. And it's never been too hairy of a situation to where they had to stop production. Sure. So I'm kind of like, really? I know. This is it? Yeah. You're right. I mean, it's, it's, you got to, it's one of those things, though, where, I mean, just like just like our show here, you got to kind of take people at their word for what it is. When you watch that show, it's become almost comical sometimes with how overproduced it can get. Uh-huh. If you watch the early episodes, I don't mind those. It's just now it's so overdone. It, it, it certainly raises much more question than I think otherwise would be there. It's good just for a drinking game of dude and bro. <laughs> it is. I heard somebody made the comment about our show once saying, it's so refreshing to hear a ghost show where the word dude and bro don't come up every five seconds. Yeah. Granted, I'll think everything's demonic, but <laughs> at least it's not dude and bro, you mm-hmm. know? So I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think Do you think that the, the, the house that he bought, did they literally or legitimately shut down production for safety reasons? I, well, somebody started a thread on the message board about that. And, and I'd, I'd be interested to hear what, what the community thinks. I'd be very, very interested in that. 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Hi. Hey, Tony and Jimmy. Jenny, uh, this is uh, Grim Jim on the message board. Jim in Walnut Creek. I called a while back about uh, seeing a ghost bicyclist on the Iron Horse Trail here at Walnut Creek. And it just happened again just a few seconds ago. So... I thought I'd call you up, let you know. It's like being a reporter. This is me, live, unlike some people, from the Iron Horse Trail. Anyway, just... <laughs> that's so weird. Anyway, so I'm cruising along along the bike lane, and once again, there's, on my left-hand side, the light of a bicycle. And suddenly, I look over my shoulder, and it's gone. There's no place. Looking right now, there's no place... For anybody to have turned off or went anywhere else, it's uh, pretty closed in as far as the trail goes. There's no escape. So, anyway, uh, just to give you an update on the ghost bicyclist. So, yes, it happened again, and it's me live as it happens. Take care. Bye. Thank you, Jim. I wow. like Grim Jim. I do, too. Uh, that's cool. That's interesting, because we always say if you have something going on, and we've had it happen a couple times where people do call as the events are unfolding, do call and share, and Jim's doing just that. I don't even know that I would call in and share that quickly. I'd be scared. I'd be getting out of there and then be like, guess what happened earlier today? It's pretty cool that we're like the first thing on people's minds sometimes when people have something weird. i got to pick up the... It's like we're Ghostbusters. I appreciate that. <laughs> I do too. So, Jim, thank you for calling in and uh, and sharing that. It'd be interesting. Jim, I wonder if you can can look at any uh, any archives of just news stories or Google it or something to see if there ever was, like, a bicycle accident or something along that trail, um, you know, where someone was killed on their bike and if they're still bicycling around. Yeah. 
You know, it comes to mind is uh, the scene from Ghostbusters with the ghost jogger. You remember that where they uh-huh. where it's kind of like a cut scene where it's a bunch of things going on. I think there's like you know musical montage playing, and the ghost jogger is running down, and he has a ghost trap out, and as the ghost jogger runs by, he presses the ghost trap, and whoo, he's in there. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of when uh, when Jim told that story. So Jim, thank you for calling in and uh, and sharing your story. Really do appreciate it. If you guys ever have something paranormal happen. Just put us in your phone, and then you can easily just, just call us up. Our number is 855-853-4802. And call in 24 hours a day, seven days a week, to share your real ghost story with us. If you're not an EPP yet, please support the show by uh, becoming an EPP before tomorrow uh, mid-morning. We're going to send out our next EPP broadcast. If you uh, sign up before that point in time, you'll get on that list and you'll get a bonus episode for the weekend. So if you want in on the bonus episode, get signed up right away. We'll go storiesonline.com. It's only five bucks a month. Or if you don't want to do the uh, monthly uh, payment thing, sign up for a full year. you got an option to do that as well. Your contributions keep our show going. And we got a great uh, EPP episode in line for the weekend. So uh, please do sign up. And if you already are signed up, uh, you will enjoy it so check that out uh you go get uh, some uh, some delicious uh fluids okay thank you or water or or zycam or stuffed jalapenos stuff that's a good that's a and pizza it's gonna clear this out <laughs> all right <laughs> for jenny brewski i'm tony brewski thanks for listening to another episode of real ghost stories online <laughs>